chapter 1 and verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfinished love that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lewis and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, Paul's purpose for writing was to inspire and to strengthen Timothy for his task in Ephesus. Timothy was young and, and, and had to be strengthened because he had a major task in defending the faith against the false teachings that threatened the church in Ephesus. So then, in order to keep his courage and his zeal up, Paul reminds Timothy of certain things. He reminds him of his own confidence in him. There is no greater inspiration than to feel that someone believes in you. An appeal to honor is always more effective than a threat of punishment. He reminds Timothy of his family tradition. Timothy was walking in a fine heritage, walking in the footsteps of his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lewis. And if he was to fail, not only would he smear his own reputation, but he would lessen the honor of his family name as well. One of the greatest of gifts a person can have is that of having parents who walked with the Lord before them. Let us thank God for it and never bring dishonor or shame to it. He then admonishes Timothy to stir up the gift of God which was in him. Then he reminds him of the qualities which should characterize the Christian teacher. Number one, courage. Number two, power. Number three, love. And number four, self-discipline. And a sound mind, which means self-discipline. So the four things that, that should characterize the, the, the Christian teacher is number one, courage. Number two, power. Number three, love. And number four, a sound mind or self-discipline. All right. Look at verse eight. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who had abolished debt and had brought life and an immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Paul tells Timothy not to be ashamed of the gospel. 
nor of his imprisonment. He instructs him to be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Now, it is inevitable that loyalty to the gospel will bring trouble. The Lord Jesus Christ made it clear that we would have trouble. He said, in the world ye shall have tribulation. You shall have trouble. John 16 and 33. Someone made this profound statement. He said, if you were not strangers here, the hounds of the world would not bark at you. That's well said. Jesus told his disciples here. He says, if the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. John 15 and 18. For Timothy, it meant loyalty, not only to the gospel, but also to Paul, who was regarded as a criminal because as Paul wrote, he was in prison in Rome. And in verses 9 and 10, he paints or explains the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And here it is. God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not because of who we are or what we have done, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Listen, God's wonderful purpose in the gospel was hidden in ages past, but is now revealed through Paul. It had been a mystery in the Old Testament, an unrevealed secret, but is now revealed in the New Testament. Then he says, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Listen, God planned this for us way back in eternity past. And that which was planned in eternity past by God for us is now made known by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ abolished Death. This is why the grave couldn't hold him. And he brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And because of this glorious gospel, uh, God has made him a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Hallelujah. I look at verse 12. For the wish cause I also suffered these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto you against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Now, although Paul was in prison and the sentence of death was upon him, he was not ashamed of the gospel. Paul had written to the Roman Christians in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 when he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it. He was not ashamed, but assured. Then he says that he was persuaded that God was able to keep that which he had committed unto him against that day. Paul says here he he has made his deposit with God. In other words, he has entrusted both his work and his life to him. And he was sure without a doubt that in life and in debt, he was safe. Why was he so sure? Because he knew whom he had believed in. His certainty did not come from just an intellectual knowledge, but from a personal relationship with God. He knew God personally and intimately. He knew what he was like in love and in power. And to Paul, it was inconceivable that he should fail him. Then he tells Timothy to hold fast to the truth 
the good thing which was deposited in Timothy, entrusted to him by the Holy Ghost. The trust that God had particularly entrusted Timothy with was the oversight and the edification of the church at Ephesus. God was trusting Timothy, calling on him to see to it that sound doctrine be kept in the church and false teachings never to be allowed in. Timothy was to forever be loyal to Jesus Christ. He was to never lose his confidence in God and he was to never slack in love. To love men is to see them as God sees them. It is to always have everybody best interest at heart. It is to meet bitterness with forgiveness. It is to meet hatred with love. It is to meet indifference with a flaming passion which cannot be quenched. Christian love constantly seeks to love men as God loves them and as he has first loved us. God is calling us to stand firm in that which he has entrusted to us. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, that's all right with me. Look at verse number 15. This thou knowest that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Phygelus and Homogenes. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Nesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Now, Paul tells Timothy that Phygelus and Hermogenes and all who were in Asia, which was the, the Roman pro, uh, uh, province, which consisted of the western part of Asia Minor, of which its capital was the city of Ephesus, had abandoned Paul in his time of need. His friends in Asia abandoned him because they were afraid for their own safety. But one thing I love about God, no matter how many deserts you, he will see to it that there is at least one person that will be loyal to you. And in Paul's case, his name was Onesiphorus. He was not ashamed of Paul's imprisonment and he meet his needs. He went all over Rome looking for Paul and when he found him, he took good care of him. He also had previously taken care of Paul while he was at Ephesus and Timothy was a witness of this. Then Paul pronounced blessings upon Onesiphorus for his gracious givings. Listen, God will never forget your labor of love. Always remember that. You are not laboring for nothing. God will never forget your labor of love. 